We're going to be looking in the book of Psalm 72. We're going to be looking at three things Jesus came to do in Psalm 72. Got me a little rhyme going here, so you can remember that. Three things Jesus came to do in Psalms 72. And uh, the book of Psalm is just an amazing book of the Bible. Uh, I, let me give you some facts about it that might encourage you or maybe in, uh, just help you to focus more in studying the book of Psalms. Uh, the book of Psalms is how many chapters? 150, and it's really broken down into five books. There's five books in the uh, bu uh, book, uh, all the 150 chapters there, and each of those five sections end with a doxology, and that's how they mark them. And uh, so book one in Psalms would be Psalms 1 through Psalms 41. That would be the first uh, gathering of, of chapters that would make book one. And uh, its key verse is uh, uh, Psalms 41, 13, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel from everlasting to everlasting. Amen and amen. So it's about the blessings of God. And then book two would be Psalms 42 through 72, and that would be the section two. And its key verse is, And blessed be His glorious name forever, and let the whole earth be filled with His glory. Amen and amen. That's Psalm 72, 19. That's its doxology. And then book three would be Psalms 73 through Psalms 89. And its doxology is chapter 89, verse 52. Blessed be the Lord forever. Amen and amen. Book 4 would be chapters 90 through 106. And its doxology is blessed be the Lord God of Israel from everlasting to everlasting. And let all of the people say amen and praise the Lord. And then that fifth book of uh, the book of Psalms that would be separated there by the doxologies is Psalms 107 through... Psalms 150, with the last verse of 150 being, Let everything that hath breath praise ye the Lord, praise the Lord. So those are the five books. Some more interesting facts about Psalms. David himself, how many of you believe David wrote most of the Psalms? Okay, well, you're right on. He wrote a little more than half of the Psalms was written by David that we know. Uh, killed Goliath, David that became king. Uh, David after man, God's own heart. Uh, many of them were written probably in the pasture land while he was even watching and tending the sheep. Uh, they were written, a lot of them were written to be sung in public. Uh, so if you, if you spoke Hebrew at the time and the way they were set up, they were very rhythmic to be sung in song. And, uh, and that's why you see the head of a lot of them. If you've got a Bible that has some headers there, it'll say to the chief musician or to the chief choir master or to the maskel. Uh, that's Hebrew uh, for psalm. So that would be for the choir director. This is, this is one to be sung. Uh, psalms 90 actually was written by, can anybody guess? Moses. Moses. Can you imagine? Psalms 90 written by Moses. Uh, two of the psalms, as someone said, Solomon, uh, were written by King Solomon. Uh, ten were written by King Hezekiah. And others that were called a group that was the sons of Korah. Sons of Korah. Those were uh, in charge of leading the music that they actually compiled and put together by the leading of the Holy Spirit. Uh, ten of the psalms. A little more interesting facts about psalms before we dig into this is 150 chapters, they're broken, like I said, into these five books. And these five books, now only the author of the whole Bible could, could do this, it just nobody else could ever figure this out. But he had all five of these books perfectly parallel the Pentateuch. Remember what the Pentateuch is, the first five books of the Bible. 
So you can read those, those sections of Psalms and they parallel with the Pentateuch. And um, so that's uh, that pattern that God works. He has this divine pattern throughout the Bible. And boy, we could study that in a series in itself and just sit there in awe and amazement of how he is, has everything interlinked and, and, and it just builds upon itself and, and it's being foretold thousands of years before and fulfilled to the exact detail. Just amazing, amazing. Let me give you that parallel just in a concept so that maybe that'll challenge you in some of your reading of Psalms to see that. Remember I said uh, Psalms 100 and, uh, uh, chapter 1 through chapter 41 was in that book 1? Well, that parallels with Genesis, has the same message. It's the cry of human nature, uh, the expression of man's heart with its deepest need, uh, and, and it's put in poetic terms. So those first 41 chapters, you're going to see the, the crying out of the man's heart, the crying out of human nature, crying out to God. And then Psalms 42 through Psalm 72 parallels with the book of Exodus. We know the book of Exodus is all about uh, Moses being raised up and, uh, and, and as he's given the law and man trying to obey the law, but yet they come out of Egypt, they come out from under Pharaoh, and they're on their way to the promised land and all that they do. So the cry out for deliverance is in there. God sends a deliverer, sets them free, and takes them to the promised land. Then Psalm 73 through Psalms 89 parallels with the third book of the Pentateuch, Leviticus. Uh, there, as they came before the tabernacle of worship, man's discovery of God in a more intimate way as they would come before him and experience his presence. And there, 73 through 89 of the Psalms, you see that uh, where the psalmist helped bring you into uh, that, that intimate presence and awe and the power of the Lord's presence. Then Psalms 90 through Psalms 106 uh, parallels with the fourth book of the Pentateuch, Numbers, which is that wilderness book. It's that it details of the wilderness journey, uh, the experience of human failure, and you'll see so much in Psalms 90 through 106, even David talking about his own failures there in that section uh, as we fail before God and we need a Savior. And then it wraps up with that fifth section of Psalms, Psalms 107 through Psalms 150, parallels with Deuteronomy, the experience of our new resource uh, in God, where man has come to the end of himself and says, unless we have a Savior, there's no other way. Unless we have a Deliverer, there's no other way. We can't do it in our own strength. And then that's why you see so much of it all about thanksgiving and praise because God is our Deliverer. God is our source. And it's just psalms and psalms and psalms about giving the praise and the thanksgiving and the glory and the honor to God because He is the ultimate one that brings us through into victory. Amen. So, so we're, that gave you kind of a little interesting facts of, of the book of Psalms, but we're looking at Psalm 72 this uh, evening, and three things Jesus came to do in Psalms 72. Here David is prophetically singing a prayer about a king's son who was going to come as a deliverer and was going to lead the people of the land into, out of bondage and into the promised land. Let's read some of that together in Psalm 72, beginning of verse 1. Give the king your judgments, O God, and your righteousness to the king's son. He will judge your people with righteousness and your poor with justice. The mountains will bring peace to the people and the little hills by righteousness. He will bring justice to the poor of the people and he will save the children of the needy and will break into pieces the oppressor. 
They shall fear you as long as the sun and moon endure. Throughout all the generations, he shall come down like rain upon the grass before mowing, like showers that water the earth. In his days, the righteous shall flourish an abundance of peace until the moon is no more. He shall have dominion also from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. And those who dwell in the wilderness will bow before him and his enemies will lick the dust. I like that. And his enemies will lick the dust. Three things Jesus came to do in Psalm 72. And the first one is this. He came to put Satan back in his place. He came to put Satan back in his place. And here David is prophetically uh, foreseeing this as the Spirit of God is giving him the revelation and he is being inspired by God. He's writing this, that there is coming a son, a son of a king, a son of God that will come to this earth and he's going to bring righteousness back where there's unrighteousness and he's going to turn things around and the enemy is going to end up having to lick the dust. Hallelujah. He said the enemy will lick the dust. Basically, the dust is that which is under our feet. So this king's son is coming, and he's going to put the enemy back in his place, which is rightfully under our feet. So i got good news for you tonight. The Messiah has already come. This Psalm 72 was just prophesying, telling us that Jesus was, come, was coming. But I'm here to remind you tonight that he has already come. And when he came to what he came to do, he did. Hallelujah. He fulfilled every bit of it. And we need to be reminded of that tonight. Remember the word, the washing of the word tonight, the water of the washing of the word. We're going to let it sanctify us and cleanse us. Let it wash off the lies that maybe has been sticking to us, that the devil's in charge, that the devil is going to give us whatever he wants to give us in the future. The devil's going to run over us, and we're just trying to stay out of his way. The David said, I hear it from God and I'll sing it from the Spirit so that the people in generations to come will know that when the Savior has come to this world, that when He came, He put Satan back in His place. He came to lick the dust. He is back under our feet. So I'm here to tell you tonight, wash it off. Get washed right now that the devil's in charge, that the devil's going to ruin your life, that the devil's got control of your family, that the devil's going to take you out when the devil wants to take you out. And let your mind be righted by the Word of God. You've been upside down and you thought you were right side up, but let the Word of God turn you around and know that the devil's under your feet. He's not over you. And you are to exercise that authority and to move in that direction. Hallelujah. You need to hear that. You need to hear that. The enemy's going to eat dust, he says. So he says, you're, you're going to eat the blessings of the land. He said, while you're eating my provision and while you're eating God's healing and while you're eating God's favor and while you're eating God's peace and dominion and prosperity and anointing and deliverance and freedom and wisdom and righteousness, while you're eating all the blessings of God, the enemy's going to be eating the dust under the bottom of your feet. Hallelujah. So you got to know that. you got to be encouraged by the Word of God. Good theology is the, is the Dawn dishwashing liquid that mixes with the water to cut the grease and get the lies of the devil off of us so that we can flow in authority and in joy and in peace and in all that God has for us. Hallelujah. Now, I, I can't help it. This is what the Bible says. You say, but my circumstances. Let's wash your circumstances with the Word. Let's, let's that sanctifying power of God set that bone that's out of joint back in joint. You've been out of joint too long, okay? The devil hit you and put you out of joint, but God's come to put you back in joint. 
and back in track. Hallelujah. Uh, the enemy's going to eat the dust. And, and you say, oh, that's why when we get to heaven, he says while there's still a moon and while there's still a sun, he said this is going to happen. And let me tell you what, I saw the sun today and I've seen the moon this evening uh, and there's still a sun, there's still a moon, uh, and that means this is now while we're right here on the ground and still around, hallelujah, that we, the church of the Jesus Christ, is supposed to operate in what God has provided for us. Amen. See, the enemy's got to eat the dust. That means he's got to go down. He's got to go down. See, Jesus came to and fought the devil, and it was a two-hit fight. Did you know that? Jesus hit the devil, and the devil hit the ground. Amen. And what he said, what I used, I've, I've done, he said, I've also given you the authority to do. So don't you get up here and shadow box with the devil, and don't you hide from him as a bully. You hit the devil and let him hit the ground and be under your feet. Hallelujah. You know the Bible says every knee shall bow and every tongue confess on earth, on heaven, on earth, and under the earth that Jesus Christ is Lord, right? So that means the devil, he is not above God. He has to be put in place where God puts him. And Jesus came to fulfill that prophecy to do just that. Let's continue reading in verse 10, chapter 72. The kings of Tarshish and of the Isles will be bring presents. The kings of Sheba and Seba will offer gifts. Yes, all the kings shall fall down before him. All nations shall serve him, for he will deliver the needy when he cries, the poor also, and him who has no helper. He will spare the poor and needy and will save the souls of the needy. He will redeem their life from oppression and violence, and precious shall be their blood in his sight. And he shall live, and the gold of Sheba and will be given to him. Per also will be be made for him continually and daily he shall be praised there will be an abundance of grain in the earth on the top of the mountains its fruits shall wave like Lebanon and those of the city shall flourish like grass of the earth his name shall endure forever his name shall continue as long as the sun and men shall be blessed in him all nations shall call him blessed hallelujah so the, th the three things that we're going to learn that Jesus came to do in Psalm 72. First, when he came, he put the enemy down. He, he, he righted what was wrong, and he put the enemy in his place. The enemy does not have the authority over us anymore. If we have faith in Christ, in his name, we can operate in that faith and that authority, and we can have the enemy under our feet as well. And number two we see here is he said that uh, he would come and to bless all who are in him. Jesus said, everyone who will find themselves in me, he, this, what David is saying prophetically, everyone who places himself in the king's son when he comes, he says, they will be blessed. Hallelujah. So he's to bless all who are in him. He brings the blessing without end. See, God's greatest goal, and if you read the Bible and open your eyes to see this, you will see his number one goal is to bless you. He wants to bless you when He formed you out of mud. And there He formed you and breathed into you His very breath and you became a living being. The first thing He did, we read in the Bible, is He blessed you. And He blessed me. He blessed us. It is the desire of the heart of God to bless us. See, the devil's been telling you the opposite. 
you've been hit on the left, you've been hit on the right, you've been stolen from, you've been lied against, you've been, everybody's been, it looks like the, everybody the devil can use has been trying to destroy you, and you think, maybe this is just my lot in life. Let me tell you, that's a lie, lie straight from the pit of hell. God says, I've not turned my back on you. And son, my daughter, I want you to be blessed. I want your family to be blessed. I want you to walk in my blessings. I want you to experience my blessings. I want you to know my blessings. He wants you blessed more than you want to be blessed. Hallelujah. You may think, wow, I really want to be blessed. But your desire to be blessed is pales in comparison to the desire that God has in wanting to bless you. His premier number one desire of his heart is to bless you. In verse 17 he says here, In him shall all men be blessed. Now there is a, there's a phrase here that's very, very important. It is in him. In him. We're not going to find the blessings of God outside of God. We're not going to find the blessings of God just talking about God. We're not going to find the blessings of God just hanging around folks who love God. We're not going to have the blessings of God if we just say we love God. We've got to find ourselves in Him. That is key. We've got to be in Him. We've got to be surrendered to His Lordship, submitted to Him, His authority, His will, His wisdom, and His way. That means it's no longer your way, it's His way. He says there are many ways that lead to destruction. Broad is the way that leads to destruction, but there's a straight and narrow. He says, and I am that way, and no one comes to the Father except by me. If you want the Father's blessings, you've got to be in Him. You've got to be in Him. So we've got to live daily, surrendered to the will of God, surrendered to the authority and the leadership of Jesus Christ. That means when my flesh rises up and wants to act this way, I've got to say, bow down, boy, bow down. I, I may feel like this, this may my flesh will feel really good. This will feel like scratching an itch if I, if I do this. But if I do this, I am not operating in Him and my blessing is in Him. He says if the enemy comes against me and lies on me, I'm to bless the enemy and release him to the Lord because I'm blessed. So I just say, I bless you and I just walk on in the Lord and vengeance is God's. He'll repay. He'll take care of them. Who's going to take better care of our enemy than God? Come on now. So, so we've got to learn to remain in Him. We step outside of Him, there's consequences. We step outside of Him, there's going to be trouble. We step outside of Him, and we're going to find the blessings are not there because it says the blessings are in Him. So we've got to be sure that we do that. So Jesus came to this earth so that you and I might have a relationship with Him, find ourselves in Him, be positioned in Him so that He could bless every area of our life. I mean, that means our health, our wealth, our family, our mind, our relationship uh, with others, and our relationship with Him as well. He'll even bless your bank account. Did you know that? That's what the Bible says. Amen. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3, it says, God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. And these heavenly places is that warring area where Satan is trying to keep you from the blessings. He's trying to lie and cheat and steal and do everything he can to keep the favor of God from coming to you. But in Christ, let me tell you what, we find blessings even in the heavenly places in Christ. So the bottom line is this, there's no shortage with the God's blessings. There's no shortage. There's no lack with God's blessings. There's no ration line for God's blessings. You say, well, I'm not experiencing them. Well, let this water of the Word and this anointing of the Spirit wash away the lies and wash away the grease of, the, of, the, of that which the enemy has tried to stick on you 
to keep the blessings of God from sticking on you. Amen? So, you know, when you go to take a new adhesive thing to uh, those uh, little stick stickers now you can buy, not stickers, but those little hooks you can buy. And instead of drilling holes, you can, and they always give you a little alcohol swab or something like that, and they'll clean that little place off and let it dry because if there's any grease and grime there, it's going to hinder it from having maximum stickability, right? Uh, yeah, that's, that's my word, and uh, don't laugh at my word. It's probably there in one of the dictionaries online. <laughs> and uh, so you get it to stick there, and then it'll hold, if it says 50 pounds, it'll hold 50 pounds. But if you don't do that, then there's something standing between the source and it, and it weakens it. Well, let me tell you what, the Word is our alcohol swab. It cleans, it cleans us up that the blessings of God can stick to us and not be ripped away from us. Hallelujah. So I'm just here to remind you, I'm just, I'm just a, a postman, I'm just a, a herald, uh, I'm just a, a, a speech, uh, I'm standing up to give a speech for the Lord, okay? I'm just here as a representative. And God is saying, I want you to know, I want my people to know, I want you blessed. I want you blessed. I want you blessed beyond your finances. I want you blessed beyond your physical being. I want you blessed beyond these areas. I even want your soul blessed. Did you know God wants your soul blessed, your mind, your, your emotions, your will, all of that within you. He wants that blessed as well. 3 John 1 and 2, he says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Thank God He wants our soul to prosper as well. Remember Psalms 103? Wow, what a powerful psalm that is. Giving thanksgiving for soul prosperity. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not one of His benefits. And then he goes to list the benefits. Who pardons all of our iniquities. We ought to shout for that. Thank you, Lord. Who heals all of our diseases. Hallelujah! For the healing power of God. Who redeems your life from destruction. The enemy's trying to destroy you, but you're not going to be destroyed because God's blessing is on you. He's going to crown you with loving kindness and compassion and satisfy your mouth with good things. If you will line your mouth up with the Word of God, you can say the good things of God's Word and the good things of God's Word is going to come back to you in a mighty way and He's going to give you youth. It's going to be renewed like an eagle. Somebody needs to receive that right now. Stop all of this. Well, I'm getting older. Well, I'm, that just comes with old age. Well, you know, I don't think I should walk straight again because it just comes with old age. Straighten yourself up. Let the water of the Word wash that lie off of you. Come on now. If Moses, how old was Moses when he climbed the mountain and his eye was not dim? 120, right? 120, climbed the mountain. How many of you still want to be going? Some of you, 50, and you can't climb a mountain now. You're already using the old card, and you can't do anything at 50. Come on now. Brother Johnny, what are we going to do with these folks over here? I'm telling you what, Brother Johnny will go. He'll paddle in the canoe with us right now. And he says, I'm 80-something going on, 90. Praise God, 87. Come on, 90. And I guarantee you, he'll probably outdo a lot of folks that are claiming the old card. Amen. Come on now. So he's going to satisfy your youth like the eagle. Renew you. There's supernatural renewal. Can you read that? So that your youth is renewed like the eagle. Hallelujah. This is the God we serve. This is the God we serve. 
He is the blessing. Let me tell you what. He is the bless blessing to us, and He is the blessed, and He is the blessor. Oh man, there is that is a good package to have. Everything that He has, He desires to share with you and me. He's blessed, and He wants to share the blessing with us beyond measure. So He wants us to have what He has. He said that. So, so now I know we don't deserve anything, but this isn't about deserving. Because if we got what we deserved, you'd be burning in hell right now. You wouldn't be sitting in this nice, comfortable, padded chair, uh, enjoying this uh, conditioned air, because every one of us would deserve hell, right? So let's stop this. I don't deserve to be blessed. Let the water wash that lie off of you. That's the residue. We've got to get the alcohol swab, get the grime out of your mind, so that the Word can stick, the truth can stick to you. Hallelujah. So... We don't serve a stingy God. Thank you, Lord. He didn't spare His only begotten Son. So surely He's not holding anything back from us. Come on now. Some say, well now, Pastor, you're talking about stuff. That's in the flesh realm. Well, didn't Jesus come in the flesh? That's what my Bible says. If God only wanted you blessed spiritually, then He would have only come to us in spirit. He wanted to bless us in every arena of His creative order. And God sent His Son, Jesus, to communicate and convey to us that He wants us blessed. Hallelujah. That's why God didn't give us His cousin. He didn't give us His nephew. He gave us His firstborn son, right? You know what the Bible says? He wants you to be blessed. Now, why would He give you His firstborn son? Well, God had set it up with a principle in the Old Testament that the blessing always was passed on to the firstborn son. And Jesus being the firstborn son, they would understand that. So here Jesus came with the blessing of the Father on him. He carried the blessing, and he could give the blessing out as he wished. And Jesus came and brought the blessing to us because there when he was on the cross, he traded his blessing for our curse. Galatians 3, 13 and 14 specifically identifies that divine transaction that took place on Calvary when he hung on a tree and there he took a curse upon him because cursed is he who hangs on a tree so that when our curse went on him, we could have the alcohol swab of the word and it's working over us so now we could what? Receive the blessing of Abraham, even we the Gentiles. Hallelujah. And Galatians 3.29 says, And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to this promise. Praise God. So the blessing came on the firstborn, and as it came on the firstborn, Jesus brought that blessing to us. All of the, you know, they would pass on that uh, to the firstborn. That's why Esau and Isaac, that story is so intriguing about the firstborn. And, and uh, Isaac saying, I'm, I'm not going to be stuck in here. We're twins, but I'm going first. And he grabs the ankle. You remember the story. It was all about this firstborn blessing. And uh, so... All of the wealth, all of the wisdom, all of the empowerment to prosper and succeed was passed on to the firstborn. And, uh, and let me tell you what, Jesus brought all of that from the Father to us to bless us. And that word bless means literally to be empowered to succeed. So when Jesus says, I bless you, he says, I am empowering you to succeed, to have favor and have peace. That's what it means. It means you are empowered. There's a power that's greater than you. I've had people ask me, Pastor, your family, you're so blessed. How did you do it? And I said, be honest with you, I, I, I couldn't have figured it out. 
There's a power. There's a power at work. This power is working for me. It is in, it's, it's called the, the barak, the blessing. It's a, it's, a, it's a word released from heaven that no devil can stop. And it says, barak, I surround you, I enclose you with the power to succeed and have favor and peace. And that's what it means when God blesses us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So how many of you receive the blessing right now in Jesus' name? The blessing is in Him. So if we're in Christ, we can receive that blessing, that power, that empowerment of God for us to succeed, have favor and peace. Now let me tell you what. I've worked without the blessing of God. I was in religious circles and I loved God and I did the right things and I, I marched to the right order, but I did not have faith to understand. I didn't have revelation to understand, so I didn't have faith in order to operate in the revelation. I was one of God's people that was perishing for lack of, no, of knowledge. So for many years of my life, I tried to make the blessing happen because I was a Christian. And, and I, I, I failed at it. You may have been, any of you did real good at it? Just, just you without God? I failed at it horribly. I'm like, I would get so close and the blessing would tease me. You know, my brother, there was some years, he was a year older than me and he was a little thin thing and, and uh, it just joys my heart now that I weigh less than him. It's just a blessing if y'all just understood. It's therapeutic, hallelujah. But... He was older than me, so he was always growing ahead of me, and his legs were longer, and he could always outrun me. And it was at one time in life, he could outrun me backwards. And me running full-fledged forward, he could outrun me backwards. And, oh, he was the tease. He was the irritant. He was the mosquito. He was the neighbor's dog that chases you down the street. He was... He was all of that and so much more. And if he was here, he'd tell you the same thing. He said that God used him to see if I could truly be called to be a preacher. That's what he said. He said, I tested him and I couldn't break him, so okay, he can be a preacher. So that's what he says. He even said that here when he visited on my 50th birthday. And, uh, but, uh, you know, it, 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 was, it was that tease there. And it was like I was chasing him. So I learned how to throw and throw really well. I should have been a pitcher, you know, uh, in baseball or something because it wasn't that I played baseball, but I couldn't catch him, but I could get something that could catch him. And he tells the story of me grabbing the grill uh, grate. Uh, you remember the old round grills that you put charcoal in? Well, he's doing it, and he backs over the grill, knocks it down, and I'm chasing him, and while he's knocked down and getting up, I still couldn't catch him. Can you imagine? So when I got to the grill, that thing looked like a nice Frisbee to me. And he says I almost cut the heel of his foot off with it. I don't remember that part. But, um, you know, how frustrating. But that's kind of how the blessing used to be to me. It's, almost, it's like I could trying to get it, trying to get it, trying to get it. But I remember the day when I started growing a little taller and, and uh, he stopped growing and I caught up with him and I trimmed down and I'm taking karate and, and I'm doing all these sports, playing football and things like that. And we were out jogging one night and uh, in, the, in the last sprint of the way, he was just going to always tease me, says, you know, last one home's got to wash the dishes or whatever it was. And, uh, and he would take off and he knowing that I'm going to be the last one. Well, I took off and I don't know, it was like there was this undercurrent of Woo! There was an empowerment. 
And I just walked off and left him in the dust. He never would race me ever again, ever after that night. I totally, totally wiped him out. And he had to do whatever it was that when the last one got home had to do, which had never happened before. Well, that's when I got the revelation uh, uh, of the Word of God and the blessing of God and how that by faith is mine, and that's what God has uh, intended for me. It's kind of like that night. It's when, I, before then, I was trying to chase blessing and chase prosperity and chase health, and, and it was just teasing me. It's just like running backwards and teasing me and almost let me touch it and just so I could feel what it felt like, but then it would just run off, and I never could really get it and it be sustained. But just like after that night, I left that boy in the dust, when I got a revelation of God's Word that God, His whole theology is set up, that He wanted me to be blessed and you to be blessed, and that me to be found in Christ, and me to exercise my faith and, and let my confession line up with my faith so I could begin to walk in it, then I found this blessing comes along, and it causes, it's an empowerment that is beyond us. It is an empowerment for us to succeed and have favor and have peace. Hallelujah. And now I'm running this race and it's so amazing that all I can do is say, thank you, Lord. I'm in the Psalm, the, the fifth book of the, the fifth section of Psalms, and I'm into the everything that has breath, praise the Lord. I'm excited every day. I'm thanking God every day because I know it's not me, it's Him, but it's my faith and what He has provided. It's my declaration and what He's provided. It's me walking in what He's provided. It's me not getting discouraged and sidetracked when the enemy tries to distract me because I know that I know that I know that I know that I know that, I know that the alcohol swab of God's word is cleaned off the grime and this thing is stuck and I'm not letting go and you shouldn't let go of it either hallelujah because in Christ we have power to succeed power to prosper and power to live and walk in his favor hallelujah hallelujah Psalm 72 17 and men shall be blessed in him and men shall be blessed in him well, here it's prophetic saying men shall be blessed in Him. But let me tell you what, He's already come and fulfilled it. You and I can be in Him. And if we're in Him, everything that is on Him wants to come on you by faith. Hallelujah. So don't just be locked away in Christ and don't exercise your faith to receive all that is on Him because all that is on Him is now He wants to be on you. That's why He says what you've seen me do, you're going to do. Even greater things, even greater things after I've gone to the Father. So the favor that is on Him is on you. The prosperity that is on Him is on you. The wisdom that is on Him is on you. The healing, the power, the freedom, the victory, the peace, whatever it is that's on Him is on you. But you've got to, by faith, appropriate that. Appropriate. There's that theological word that keeps popping up in every message. Can we get away from it? No! Because if we get away from the word of appropriating, then we're going to get away from us taking hold of what Jesus has provided for us. Appropriation is when we take hold of and have it move into our life. And that is done by faith. And God said it's impossible to please me without faith. So it sounds like to me our Christian walk is an ever-growing faith walk. Amen? That we're to not walk by sight, but we're to walk by faith. And here at Christian Amnesty, we want to keep training you, keep teaching you, keep encouraging you, keep reminding you, and keep modeling for you how we walk by faith. Hallelujah. So that we can uh, appropriate all that He said. 
He said it seven times there. He says, all men shall be blessed in him. All men shall be blessed in him. All men shall be blessed in him. Seven times. That's perfection. The God wants it done in your life. If you're in Christ, he wants the blessing to come upon you. He is, he is blessed. He is the blessed one. And he is the blesser as well. And he came and he wants that blessing to come on you. And he wants that blessing to come on me. I'm here to tell you, you can just look through the Bible. Did anyone who ever come to Jesus, that he laid his hands on them, did they ever receive anything but a blessing? Tell me, show me in the Bible where someone came to Jesus and they received a curse instead of a blessing. Tell me that where someone came and they received the stone instead of bread from Jesus, or they received the scorpion instead of a fish, or they received sickness instead of healing. You see in there where he put sickness on anybody? Put poverty on anybody? <clears throat> no one ever came to Jesus and received anything from him but favor and blessing. He's a good, good God. Isn't that what we were singing a little while ago? He's good. He's good. Yes, he's so good. Everybody that came to Jesus, they received their cure rather than the curse. Hallelujah. Thank God he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. He's a good God. It's, it's his nature to bless. It is his nature, it's his character, it's his makeup, it's who he is, it's who he chooses to be. He is God, and he is a blessing God. And we've lost his meaning to bless you. We think it's something you say when somebody sneezes. Achoo! Bless you. And that's about the limit of it. Come on now. He came to bless. Please get this realization that he came to release that power for you to succeed, that power for you to prosper, that power for you to receive His peace and all that He has for you. Hallelujah. He came to bless. Yes. He didn't. You say, well, well, He's coming again, isn't He? Yes, He is. And He's going to bless when He comes again. He's going to hand out justice to those who are not in Him. That's why we need to find ourselves in Christ. In Matthew 25, 33, it says this, and he will set the sheep on his right hand. This is when he literally comes back to earth. And the goats on the left. And you're talking about the believers and the unbelievers here. And then the king will say to those on his right, come, you blessed of the Father. That's how he identifies us. Those who are in him, the sheep, he identifies us as the ones that have that blessing on them. He didn't say, come to the Father, come let me take you to heaven so you can finally get blessed. You got your mansion over the hilltop, okay. Well, thank God you do have a mansion prepared for you. There's many, many mansions or many rooms in his Father's house. He said he's going to prepare one. Yes, there's prepared for us, but he's talking, I've come to identify the ones that are blessed here, that I can take them there. He says, he says, come to you blessed of the Father and inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food and I was thirsty and you gave me drink and I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. How can we do that to these people while we're on earth unless we're blessed? I'm telling you, blessed means there's an abundance flowing out of your life. Hallelujah! And there's a reason we're blessed, so that we can minister to these. And as we minister to these, Jesus says, I, I, I look at it as though you're ministering to me. Because you're, 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 you are stewarding the blessings correctly. You're not consuming. It's not self-consumption blessing. 
You letting the blessing bless you and your children and your children's children uh, and also those that are in need and hurting around you. Hallelujah! So we are blessed in Christ. The curse has been removed. No longer cursed with the curse of sickness. No longer cursed with the curse of poverty or emotional problems or family problems or fear or terrorism or oppression or addiction. Let me tell you what. You look that stuff in the eye and say three reasons Jesus came. Three things He came to do in Psalms 72. And one was to put you devil, the leader of the curse, back in your right place. You're not over me. You're not equal with me. You're under my feet, lick the dust. I'm going to take my authority. I'm going to step over this curse into the blessing. You got to by faith do that. It doesn't happen automatically. You have to by faith do that. We are delivered from the curse. God has blessed us by removing the curse from us. For cursed is he who hangs on a tree. You've read your Bible. Isn't that what it says? Hallelujah. See, if he had only set us free from our sin as like the scapegoat in the Old Testament, then we would have, he would have done enough for us to praise him the rest of our life. And that means that we would go, we got to live through the whatever happens to us down here. And finally, when we die, we get to go to heaven and that's where the blessing is. But let me tell you what, he did so much more than just be a scapegoat for us. He says, I also took your curse on me that my blessing might come on you. Hallelujah. So he has done so much more. We've got reason to praise him even the more. Hallelujah. And then verse 17 of Psalm 72, it says, His name shall endure forever. His name shall continue as long as the sun, and men shall be blessed in him. All nations shall call him blessed. Blessed be the Lord God, the God of Israel, who only does wondrous things. And blessed be his glorious name forever. And let the whole earth be filled with his glory. Amen. And amen. So the three things Jesus came to do in Psalms 92. He came to put Satan back in his place under our feet. He came to bless all who are in him who have faith to appropriate the blessing that has been provided. And third and final, to give us access to his blessed name. He has given us access to use the authority of his name. Did you hear me? He said, blessed be His glorious name forever. Did you know the name of God, His Son, Jesus Christ, is a blessing for you to speak it? Why do you think the devil has us curse? What's the worst curse words? It's cursing the name of God, right? It's using God's name in vain, taking it in vain. Why don't you ever, you ever hear anybody damn Satan? You, you ever hear anybody say damn Lucifer or anything like that? It's always God. The devil wants to be the grit and the grind between you and the blessing that wants to stick to you. He wants to get in between there and let you not even see the value of the name of your God. Hallelujah. He said, blessed be his name forever. You remember when Gabriel came to Mary and said, his name shall be called Jesus because he's the Savior of the world. He's ushering in sozo, the abundant life that Jesus said in John 10 and 10 that he was bringing. He says, there you will call his name Jesus. And the Bible tells us in Acts 4 and 12, there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we might be saved other than the name of Jesus. There's that word saved again. Savior, save, Savior, save. What is that word? Well, in Greek it's sozo. And that Greek word sozo that we get soteriai from, it all stems from the basics of being healed and delivered and saved and cleansed and restored and prospered and made whole. 
So when He came to save us, if you will believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, confess with your mouth that He is your Lord and God has raised Him from the dead, you shall be what? Saved, sozo, healed, delivered, prospered, saved, cleansed, restored, and made whole. Come on, there's salvation, sozo, that comes in the name of Jesus. And when we declare Jesus, whatever we declare His name over has to receive the blessing that brings with His salvation. Hallelujah. That's why we read in Philippians. I mean, you get in Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 11. Uh, it talks about that He's God. Jesus is God. And, 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 and He didn't count that to be something He would hold on to. And the equality with God, He laid down His splendor. He laid down His glory. And He came and He dwelt among us. He came as a man, but not just any man. A man who was a servant. Not just any servant, but a servant that was obedient. Obedient even unto death. Paul is writing in a, in, in a chiasmus. It's what it's called there. And this chiasmus is a, a form of literature, kind of like a hymnal. We, we know that style of literature for a hymnal. We sing the first verse, then we sing the chorus, and we sing the second verse, then we go back and sing the chorus. We skip the third verse, I don't know why, and we sing the chorus. And then we go and sing the fourth verse, and then we go back to the chorus. That back and forth, the hymnal, is a structure of literature. Well, there's a chiasmus, it's a structure of literature, and the Paul is using it under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit in Philippians 2, 5-11, through 11, and he says, He who is God, He's equal with God, He's all God, and, but He's decided He was going to lay aside His splendor, He was going to lay aside His glory, and step down. What it is, is a structure like steps going down, and He says He stepped down, and He became a man, but not just any man, a man that was obedient, so He took another step down, but not just any obedience, of one that was obedient like a servant, a servant who was obedient even unto death, and He steps all the way down to death, and why did he do that? So that he could get down to where we're at. And he could say, you know, the devil thought that I was losing it. The devil, I've got him fooled right now, but I came to where you're at because I'm trying to get the blessing on you. I'm trying to get the blessing on you. I'm trying to get the healing on you. I'm trying to get deliverance on you. I'm trying to get some prosperity on you. I'm coming to touch you in your sin, touch you in your brokenness, come and deal with this curse head on, he said. And then that chiasmus is not only steps that go down, but then there's steps that return to a higher place. So here we see. So therefore God, what? God gave him a name, right? So now he was a servant obedient unto death, but now he's got a name. But it's not just any name. The Bible says a name that every knee must bow in heaven, on earth, even under the earth, and every tongue confess what? That he is Lord. Hallelujah. And where are we at? We get the victory. We get the exaltation that we are in him. If we're in Him where He is, it's where we are. Hallelujah. So this is the power of a name. Hallelujah. He's given us His name. His name is above every name. His name is above the name of cancer. It's above the name of bankruptcy. It's above the name of I've lost this and I've lost that. Let me tell you what. It can be found in Jesus. There's power in His name. That's why we pray in His name. That's why we come against the devil in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Peter and John said, Silver and gold have I none, but that which I do have I give unto you. In the name of Jesus, get up out of your lifelong loss and your lifelong curse and your lifelong pain. Get up! Get out of it! There's blessing in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. So there's three things that Jesus came to do in Psalm 72. He came to right that which was wrong and put the devil out of control. He told Pharaoh, it's over. Pharaoh represents Satan. He said, it's over. My people who will follow me are not going to live here under your rule anymore. But they're going to come through a sanctifying process of a wilderness, which I only had planned for five, seven days. That was God's plan. But because the people wouldn't get it, they didn't get it. And that's the same in our pews and our seats tonight. The people who don't get it, don't get it. But God wants you to get it so much that he says, let's just take a trip, another trip, another trip. Let's get pastor to preach it from this angle. Preach it from that angle. Preach it from the top of the mountain, the side of the mountain, the middle of the mountain. Preach it from here. Preach it where the sun's going down. Preach it where the sun's coming up. Preach it on the, the, the north side, the south side. Let's just keep going around because I want you to get it. And if not you, the next generation, I want the next generation to get it because I'm going to have a people. He said, I'm going to have a people, a glorious church that's walking in the image and the reflection of my glory and my power. They're going to get it because I don't lose. God does not lose. And if you don't get it, he's going to bring another generation to get it. But I'm here to say, why not us make up our mind and say, I'm going to get it. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Mm-mm-mm. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, you need to stop worrying about the devil. He had to lick the dust. He's under your feet. Say, devil, kiss the dust. Kiss the ground. I'm walking over you. And he says, but I'm going to curse you. Just remind him. So when my Bible says in Genesis 12... Verses 1, 2, and 3. If I remember it correctly, I can kind of just you know, boil it down to say this. That my God said He's going to bless those who bless me. And He's going to curse those who curse me. So I, you want to curse me, devil? <laughs> just go right at it. You sound like Herod. You sound like Herod. And Herod wanted to curse Jesus. So he went to kill baby Jesus. And baby Jesus is warned by God and is in Egypt. But then it's a short time later, the message gets back that Herod is dead. And it was a cruel death that he experienced. So he went to curse God's plan and to curse manifested in his life. I'll curse those who curse you. Come on now. I'm here to prophesy to you tonight. The Herods that have tried to destroy your life are dying right now. Stop worrying about it. And I'm not talking about a people. I'm talking about a spirit. I'm talking about a spirit. It's dying right now. Stop worrying about it. Stop talking about it. Stop being drama. The drama, that's not even something you should be engaged in. Because whatever's cursing you, if you'll release it, God says there's a retroaction that's going to take place and it's a reciprocate, reciprocal law he has and that curse is going to come back. What, that, it's a boomerang. It's a boomerang. And it's through, throwing the curse at you. And if you don't play ball, this isn't Frisbee. There's a difference between a boomerang and a Frisbee. 
a frisbee, you throw it. And Townsend catches it. And he throws it back. And I catch it. And it's a back and forth. A boomerang is I throw it and nobody else is out there, but it's coming back. And if I don't pay attention, it's going to knock my head off. Okay? If the curse is going out and you're playing frisbee with it, you've engaged with the enemy. There's some grit. There's some oil. There's some dirt the devil got on you. And you're getting dirtier the more you play with it. Let me tell you what. When you engage the enemy on his terms, he's been at it longer than you. And you think I'm starting out and I'm not going to cross the line with what I say. I'm not going to cross the line with my attitude. I'm not going to cross the line by what I'm doing. But he's got, he's got a beautiful gummy worm on the hook, but there's still a hook under there. And when you get through the sweetness of the sugar of the gummy worm, there's going to be a stainless steel hook that he locks in your jaw and he's going to drag you down. So we've got the Word, which is like the Dawn dishwashing liquid or the, or the alcohol swab that is going to clean us up so that the blessing can stick to us and that we can just walk confident in the blessing and all the curses that are coming at us, we ignore because they're just boomerangs. They're going back to where they came and they're going to bring the curse to them. So the Herods that have been trying to destroy you in your life, if you'll do it God's way, and it takes faith to do it God's way, if you'll do it God's way, then that curse is going to go back on that Herod. And the death that's been trying to take you out is not going to get you. That means that the things that the enemy has tried to bring on you are not going to stick on you, and you're going to go walk right through it, and everything's going to be blessed. Hallelujah. And is it because you all that? No. It's because you got enough good sense to put your faith in Him who is all that. Amen? Because you're blessed by the blesser. And those who bless you, you ain't got to get caught up in that. Oh, you're blessing me. Oh, look how good I am. Yeah, I'm doing the right thing. Yeah, I am speaking the right word. Look, there are... No, it's not Frisbee. Let that boomerang of them blessing you come back and bless them. Don't engage. Don't get puffed up. Satan has something at every angle to trick you because he knows that if he comes and confronts you and it gets bad enough and you go to your word deep enough, you're going to come out with victory over him and you're going to make him kiss the dust. So he's out here so ever so with his little ballerina outfit on or whatever, looking so innocent. Oh, just he's got a little tutu on or whatever. He's just so innocent, spinning around. Just you thinking, there ain't no devil there, man. This is just nice. He's just, and he's just trying to trick you. You have to stay with the word. Anything outside of the word is outside of your path a blessing. Amen. Mm. I just hear the Lord saying, This is the day, this is your season, this is your this is a new season for us. This is a new season for us. Hallelujah. I pray you'll never look at Psalm 72 the same again. That every time you hear Psalm 72, three things Jesus came to do in Psalm 72. Put Satan back in his rightful place under my feet. So you'll just, right now. Ha, ha, ha. To release the blessing to all who are in Him. Oh, I'm in you, Christ. 
You're my Lord. You're my Savior. It's your way. It's your word. It's your will. It's your desire. It's your heart. Where are you? What do you want me to do today? How do you want me to respond to this situation? What do you want me to say? Oh, you don't want me to say anything? Can you do that? If Jesus says, be silent. Can you do that when you've been wronged? When someone has tried to bring pain against you? What if Jesus says, be silent. I'll speak up for you on this one. Can you trust him? You can. Will you trust him? That's your choice. If your faith is up, you will say, there's no other way but to trust him. There's no other way but to walk in what he says. I don't care what I see. I don't care what I feel. I don't care what the circumstances say. I don't care what the report says. This is what God's word says. Whose report will I believe? I'm going to believe the report of the Lord. Amen? To release the blessing to all who are in him. And to give us access to his blessed name. Authority to use his name. And the privilege to receive everything his name ushers in. In the name of Jesus, I live my life. In the name of Jesus, to you be the glory and the honor I go through this day. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Demons tremble at the name of Jesus. Lame legs have to get strength and walk at the name of Jesus. Blinded eyes have to open and see at the name of Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. Oh God, I pray tonight that your word through the washing of, the, of the, your word and the sanctifying power of your word that you're doing in us and through us to your good will. God, I pray that each and every one under the sound of my voice, God, as the word went forth, that their faith would ratchet up to the next level. That their faith would just flex its muscle and say, yes, I'm still here. And I'm ready to walk by faith.